0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: This uh, series on the on mindfulness and ethics, the the framework for it through these months has been a particular list, ethical list that uh, the Buddha taught, called the ten skillful actions, and. Um, so the 10 skillful actions are not killing, not stealing, not involved in sexual misconduct, and then not lying, not uh, having divisive speech, not gossiping, and, not, uh, and no harsh speech. And then uh, not um, engaging in, not having, uh, uh, not being avaricious, greedy, and not having ill will, and then the last one, which is, we'll do this afternoon, which is um, avoiding wrong view, but instead of having right view. And, um, and so here, the, these lists of ethics, like not killing, not lying, and so forth, uh, are called skillful actions, as opposed to commandments, right? These are, these are skillful things to do. They're use, skillful means that they're efficacious, they're useful, they're beneficial in a particular way. So ten beneficial things to, to, to live by. Um, uh, what's called in the Theravada tradition the precepts, uh, usually the five precepts, the five late precepts, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm not sure what the connotations are. Maybe I should ask you, uh, what are the, uh, you know, like if you come fresh to Buddhism, you know, fresh to all this, and the first time you come to Buddhism someone gave a talk, and they said it's really important to live by the precepts. What associations do you ha- have with the word precepts? Is that like, like a welcoming idea? Wow, yeah. Precepts, I love that. <laughs> what, what are the associations you have with the word precepts? Yeah. Uh, I'm Jeff. And um, when I was in high school, I was in an organization called the Malays, And that was a a youth organization for 14- to 21-year-old guys. And and part of the initiation ceremony were seven preceptors around the room, and the candidates would go from one to the other. And so the preceptors would give a little paragraph kind of speech of reverence for God, uh, courtesy, comradeship, fidelity, cleanness and patriotism, filial love, that kind of stuff. And so that's the main association I have with that It's a teaching. Okay. So these kinds of values. Yeah, value. Okay. What other associations do people have? Or is it like you had none? You never thought of it before? <laughs> well,
2: initially I was totally confused, but I was... Um very grateful for the short piece in uh, the issue at hand that straightened me out.
1: <laughs> well, you, before you read that, what what's what's association did did you have? What what kind of well, I con- knew it wasn't
2: the Ten Commandments.
1: Th- so you are associated with the Ten Commandments. I said I
2: knew it was not. The oh, you Ten know, not. Commandments, okay, but that was the the immediate reflection. Like, okay, it's it's sort of in the in in the it's in. Okay. In in Buddhism, this is what you have instead of in Christianity, you have the Ten Commandments, and it kind of reflects one of the genuine differences in the two approaches to life. <coughs> one says, "Thou shalt not," and the precepts are training rules.
1: Right. So you're a little bit ahead of the game. So 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 the, the initial the initial contact initial uh, for some people would be. Associated with the Ten Commandments in the same ballpark, and thereby some of the ideas of what it means to live by the Ten Commandments would be trans- would be transferred into Buddhism before you heard or read the chapter, right?
2: Well, I knew that it was not that, but I didn't know what it was. Okay, oh, so so until so, so, so. I really huh? worked at Mm-hmm. Right now, right,
1: great, great. Right now, the topic is before you learned what it was. I want to know the the, 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 the novice the novice associations to it. What what comes to mind with that the word precept? A rule. Rule. Rules. Okay. Authority. Authority. Mm, you better better be good. <laughs>
3: I'm a very true novice. Uh, uh-huh. The word precept, I, I um, connect with the part that says pre, meaning before. Uh-huh. And I have no idea what, um, I don't have an experience of what a precept is.
1: So it's just perplexing. Pardon me? So it's perplexing that we would talk about it. Yes. So if you first heard it about a precept,
3: what? Yeah, and I, I was raised Catholic, so the the, the, the Commandments and, you know, the Thou Shalt Not, um, you know, is, is such a, for me, a foreboding negative. Oh. And um,
1: Let me you tell you s- about the five precepts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so...
3: Um, when you when you when you reframe it and you say uh, skills or practices, uh-huh. I was thrown by your word non uh, earlier. Um, the word non harming. I thought, oh, geez, that sounds you know, like Thou Shalt Not. <laughs> and and so, um, but so 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 it was an interesting response for me. Too. Uh-huh. Come
1: here and hear the non. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I don't know if it helps at all. The word non-harming ahimsa is what Gandhi used as non-violence. Yeah. Same word. Yeah. So, any, any other thoughts about the associations? That word precept.
0: Um, it's not so much the word precepts, but the five because there seem to be a lot of fives and eights, and then it's tens. So they seem to overlap a lot, and I haven't really tied all those pieces in, which I'm fine with. You know, I could just sit with it. And, but it is, I do find that part of it a little confusing.
1: Great. And so, um, yeah, Buddhism has a lot of lists, a lot of numerical lists. And, um, and my latest nice little pet theory about them is that um, uh, some people say it's mnemonic, it's a way of memorizing. But I think that it uh, points to the ecology of the inner life, that we have an ecosystem in there, and they're all and a lot of these lists overlap and are connected. I think it's a, it's pointing how there's an interactive a co- uh, series of qualities that are connected, that work together into a, into an ecosystem whole, and uh, and so it's a brilliant way of kind of making sense of the ecosystem that otherwise would just be a jumbling mess. So it's kind of making order of it so we can find our way with it. So um, so thank you for that. So the reason I wanted to bring up this association is that we, we, for some reason in English we've come up with the translation as uh, we use the word precept, the five precepts. The five precepts are not killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, uh, lying, and intoxication. So those are the five precepts, not doing any, any of that. And... Um, but there's uh, there's no really obvious. I think if you would, would start with English and translate back into Pali, take the word precept and translate back. I, don't, you know, I think that you know if the if you know the Buddha learned some English and you came to the Buddha and said, "How do you translate precept into your language?" I don't know what he I don't know what he would do. You know I don't know. Um, and uh, uh, it's not obvious to me that there's a clear um, thing. Um, so independent of what we call it, which remember, what we call something isn't that important. <laughs> um, it's the, the five, uh, when when people when lay people take on the five so-called precepts, um, they, 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 they use this wording here. They say, um, um, I undertake the training not to harm or not to kill. I undertake the training not to take what is not giving, given. I undertake the training not to engage in sexual misconduct. I undertake the training not to lie. I undertake the training not to intoxicate myself. So, the expression is I under- undertake the training. So, uh, so, if you hold the held up side by side, precepts, five precepts and five trainings you undertake What's the difference in associations or relationship between those two words? Those two ways of saying it? Yes? Choice. More choice. Precepts sound like you you have to do this, but training is something you choose. Good? Intention. Intention. Say more about intention?
2: Well, uh, When you say training, that means I am signing up to try to get better at, improve myself in Buddhist language. I will try to move further down the path on these various ideas of non harming and not killing things.
1: And then that's on the training side and the precept side, it means that. It's it's a goal. Like you better do it or not. It tends to be more black.
2: I I don't think of it that way. I think of it as. I would like to be better at that. Okay. And if I get there, I get there. If I don't, well.
1: That's nice. Nice. Thank you. You Any other thoughts about uh, you hold these two ways of talking about the same thing side by side? What different? Um, uh, Personally,
4: I'm sort of with you. You know, I've been trying to untangle all of these terms. And the word precept was very foreign to me. I had never really maybe read it or something, but it wasn't something that I used commonly. So for me, I'm still kind of taken aback by a lot of the terminology. But when you say, like, like when I read about people coming to, for the precept thing that happened recently, I thought, no way can I do that. I'm, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not advanced enough to do that. But when you put it in the terms of training... Maybe I would have come, <laughs> you know, maybe I would have thought this is a good thing for me to do. A precept is like it 's like well, coming from catholicism it 's like impossible, impossible. I will never be that good because i 'm inherently not good i 'm inherently unable to do that. I need outside help, mm. so the terminology is very powerful for me, yeah. and i 'm still. Really, because uh, I'm really a beginner, I'm still trying to untangle all those lists, all those terms, all those whatever. And so that's that's where I am now. So I love that you said training.
1: Great. Great. That is
4: so so doable.
1: Great. So so, good, so two more, and then we'll go on. Ellen and Carrie.
5: So one is a process, and the other is an outcome.
1: Good. Great. Right behind you.
4: Well, I just, this has sort of been said just to restate it, but that for me the word precept as a noun is very static. It's not dynamic. It's very, you know, you do it or you don't. This is what it is. very prescribed and of course training um, is verb-like and can be a verb and so it's fluid and transformation. I feel a sense of fluidity. I don't have to be perfect that I can transform gradually and move through it and so it's it's more inviting, more, Great. more welcoming.
1: Great. Yes. So, yeah. What's the Pali? The what? precept is the English translation of. Um, some people uh, usually when they uh, uh, when they in the terms of when they say the five precepts in Pali, they say Pancha Sila, and Sila. Uh, 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 I, I I'm not sure how you're supposed to translate it, but I think that that's it's not precept. Um, it's more like virtues. Five virtues or something. And what's a, a little bit interesting in the in the suttas, in the ancient scriptures of the Buddhism, um, the... Um, One of the more common ways in which these five silas, these five virtues, are described is not as prescriptions for how you should be, but rather descriptions of how someone who's spiritually mature would behave. And that also creates a very different feeling for what uh, it's about.
0: Can you say that again, please?
1: So in the ancient scriptures, the most com- one of the most common ways, or maybe the most common ways in which these five virtues are described, or, 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 or you know, the written about, is not as prescriptions of what you do, but rather uh, descriptions of how you are when you're spiritually mature. So some of you talked about the, saw them as a goal. That way. Okay. So. <clears throat> So this idea of training is a very uh, one of the in, uh, uh, deeply embedded concepts, approaches of, of Buddhism, that we're training ourselves because the mind, the heart is changeable, it's malleable, it's trainable, it's educatable, um, you can mature it and develop it. And as the inner life matures, then our relationship and our motivation to our behavior and how we live in the world will, will, will change because we're changing and it'll change for the better. Um, and so part of what Buddhism is interested in is, n- is not rule-based behavior, but ra- rather behavior which uh, supports this inner growth and development. And the use of rules, there are rules in Buddhism, and the precepts can be taken as rules, um, but they're taken as trainings to support this inner development and growth, rather than rules that kind of like for their own, you know, you know, some abstract idea. So, uh, so there are three, in Buddhism there are three, con- uh, f- uh, uh, again, number three, and then to those of you have trouble with lists, well, we're, now we're reduce it to just three, a list of three, They're called the three trainings. And there's a training in sila, samadhi, and panya. Uh, sila is virtue, training in virtue. Uh, samadhi is training in Usually samadhi this, this context is usually translated as meditation but i, I think of it as training in character train, training in the in the heart training our inner life to uh, the quality of inner life gets transformed like training in character would maybe more imply because it's much more than just you know meditating it's rather it's uh, developing the quali- developing the good qualities within us and um and panya wisdom usually is how uh, we develop understanding. So we have more insight, understanding about this world. We see more clearly what's going on. And so there are these, these trainings, um, we train in virtue, we train in, in developing character inner qualities, we train in developing our understanding. So those three trainings apply directly to uh, these the so-called precepts. So the, the, the training not to kill Can be seen from the point of view of training in virtue, training in in uh, character, and training in understanding. The precept not to steal is can be seen from the point of view that of developing our virtue, developing our inner qualities, and developing our understanding. So, for example, if um, um, and and the idea of training in virtue is uh, in the the tradition is uh, the sila is mostly explained or or, or first and foremost explained as training in restraint. This is where the no becomes important. I'm going to restrain myself from killing anybody. (laughs) It's generally considered a good idea. I'm going to restrain myself from stealing. I'm going to restrain myself from lying, from sexual misconduct. So it's really kind of holding back. But if it's only holding back as a kind of Uptight, closed kind of thing, then it's not a training, because a training is is changing and developing something on the inside that becomes beneficial. We change and mature in the process, and um, so so for example, um, training in uh, not lying would be um, to restrain from lying, and that would teach you and train you many different things. We train you in in, uh, in being more mindful, train you in being. Uh, not giving in to your impulses, training in re- in restraint itself, being patient, um, and uh, and uh, training in pausing, and you know, uh, it could also be a training in in uh, virtue, in these inner qualities, in samadhi training. Because uh, when you when you don't lie, then you have a chance to train in being truthful, finding out what, what how do I speak truthfully now, or how do I speak generously? I want to speak in a way that's compassionate and caring for my friends. And so it gives you a chance to train in a different way, to train something, develop something else. And also, uh, by, not li- by not lying, by holding back, to not follow that precept, it also can be taken as an opportunity to understand better, uh, to understand uh, the consequences of our actions, to understand the context we're in, what's happening, what's appropriate, what's needed. And so it takes a time to really understand what's happening, and that also then transforms itself. Transforms how we want to behave because of the greater understanding. So each of these precepts, five precepts, each of the ten skillful actions, uh, in and of themselves, can be seen as an opportunity to do these three trainings: training in restraint, training in cultivating good inner qualities, and training and understanding. Does that make sense? Because I want you. I want you to make sure you understand this very this basic idea. So if any ask any questions about the. You know, not how it applies, but rather how, do you understand the basic idea of what I'm trying to say? Yeah? Yes? Well,
5: I do have a question. Um, Stuck on it, I'm not, it's not exactly. <coughs> uh, no one ever has trouble hearing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at any rate, <laughs> it's better. Um, when I said earlier about harming that non-harming which I initially thought was a relatively simple concept got more complicated when I started to think about it and also I think it is related to craving as well but I don't see any way to not harm you can do maybe less harm, but for, I mean, what do you, I don't quite even understand what the definition of harming is. I mean, if your child wants to have three ice cream cones, and you say, no, you can only have one, that your child will be unhappy and crying and and harmed.
1: Yes. Well, that that definition of harm. I think they they, in ancient India, or still in India, there's this uh, religious group called the Jains, who were, uh, had a much higher standard of not harming than the Buddhists tended to have. And they would wear uh, face masks so they wouldn't breathe in insects. They would go with the rooms to brush the road as they walked so they wouldn't step and kill insects. And they would filter their water and before they drank it so they wouldn't kill any insects, you know, bugs when they drank the water. And um, the, the general understanding in Buddhism, of how Buddhism approaches this, is that the idea is there's no intentional harm you don't want to harm. I mean, if you know you're harming people, you don't want to. You don't want to knowingly harm necessarily. But do you stop driving and kill insects as they hit the windshield? Um, you know, so how, where do we where do we cross the line? You know, but um, you know where do we, where do we hold the line? But the most important one is we don't intend harm. So in terms of the kid, you don't intend harm. You actually tend to benefit the kid. You know, you harm them. You know, you're going to harm the kid more in the long term if you spoil them with lots of ice cream and give in to them every time they want something, you actually, it's for their benefit to have some limits and boundaries. So your intention is to benefit them. So it's the, the issue of intention is the, is important.
5: Okay, that, I, mean, I, can, I see that. And I also see that, I, that ways in which I have no intention to harm somebody, but I'm harming them, anyhow.
1: Yes, yes. Well, and then the question is, to a more sophisticated understanding of what harm means. Because, uh, um, you know, if uh, if uh, you come back from the supermarket and you didn't bring ice cream to Steve home and Steve has a temper tantrum, you could say, well, you, you know, and he says, you harmed me because I was expecting the ice cream and, boy, you really screwed up and, you know, I'm, you don't realize how hurt I am and, um, you know, angry I am. So, so. Are, are you the one who really is harming him, or is he harming himself? I think if he has a temper, it's clear that
5: he's harming himself. Um, he hasn't done that.
1: In,
5: he hasn't done that in a long time, at least a week or two.
1: Um,
5: well, I'm the, the, something. Let's say that you and I were discussing yesterday. Somebody wants A. Somebody else says well, I don't think A is a great idea. Maybe B is better. Yeah. I mean, no one is intending to harm the other, but we are getting in each other's way.
1: In each other's desires, but it depends, the harm comes about, you know, so, yes, so we don't necessarily, people don't have to, have to agree. Um, and if one person got their way disrespectfully of the other person, didn't include the other person and check in and have it be involved in the process, then it, it's the disrespect which would be the cause of harm, not the decision itself, maybe. Not
5: the disagreement, but the process yeah. by which... The, yeah. Okay. Okay, that helps. Thank you.
1: Okay, so I th- hopefully you understand this, what I've said so far. There are three trainings. Training in restraint, training in developing personal qualities, and training in understanding. So what I would like to do is to divide you into um, three groups, and... Um, E- equal number. Hopefully wait, let's try to do equal numbers. So let me see. There's uh, four, six, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20,, 22, 24, 26. So that divides into eight and eight and seven, two groups of eight. Groups of eight one, group of one group of nine. OK. So um, let's do uh, two groups of eight and one group of nine. And so this is where the number thing is really important. So, <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys, uh, you know, uh, I trust one person in your group can count. And, and so, so, so uh, what I want you to do is form a, form a group. And uh, then I'm going to tell you, once you're in a group, be quiet. So I can, I'll, t- I'll give you the instructions after you're in a group. Okay. I so, want you kind of maybe three different areas in the room here, maybe one on the stage, one kind of here, and one over there. So, is that um, um, I, I want you to uh, form groups of three people, one from each of your three groups. Mm. <laughs> and so so uh, maybe what you can do is you can stand and like y- uh, you, you're number one you're number two you hold fingers three and then you can walk around and, and hook up with uh, with uh, two other people who have a different number than you and I think since there's 26 I think we're going to have to have uh, two groups that have uh, four people in it and then that will, you'll have to just make uh, just just accordingly so what so so uh, so <laughs> So, why don't you um, uh, form groups of three? Make sure that there's no more than two groups of four. Okay, so let's uh, regroup into our big group again. So um <clears throat> so <if clears throat> so what was useful for you to uh have that conversation, both in this group in your big group and then in groups of three? What was useful for you what did, what did you learn that was nice or what was surprising in a good way? Okay. Oh, <clears throat>
4: I wanted to do my best to represent my group and I I wanted to do my best to represent my group and I oh my god what did we say but you know once once we just started talking uh, I was I'm happy to say that I I think I was a good representative okay. I mean I think I presented from my heart what it was ah. we were we were discussing because it when we were, when I was in the group, it you know, the information really penetrated and I'm I'm really grateful for that. Mm. And at the same time I was able to hear the other two, which was like great.
1: Great. So thank thank you. you very much. Thank you. Very nice. Uh,
0: we came up with a, a real life example which helped us all understand the different elements of it in a good way. Mm. It's been not too long, yeah. I um, so, um, my daughter in law's sister is coming to California from Colorado as we speak on a plane, and she left me a message to say she can't rent her car because her driver's license has expired. As they found out at the TSA. So, as they told her at the TSA, she got on a flight to San Jose. So, the question is the bottom line is do we lend her a car knowing that she doesn't have? A valid driver's license. So, sorry. So, I mean, you can see the, you know, the the restraint, the virtue, and the and the wisdom in that whole thing.
1: Great. So, over here.
0: Um, what I liked about it, well, being in the big group, um, it was nice because we all had our different ideas of that one part. And so um, we all came with our own view of it, but, like, learned from each other what we each thought um, it meant to have, like, understanding or whatever each person had. And um, and then when we split up to join with the other groups, um, what we realized is that you can't do without one of the three and um, how they work together and um, they build on one
2: another, which was really nice and helpful.
1: Great. How many of the groups end up talking about how they work together? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <clears throat> you guys aren't good debaters. <laughs> great, thank you yeah, very much. We were right. <laughs> 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 well, it's because
3: you separated us. Like, once we didn't have the other people in our group Yeah. Like, bolster
1: our, like, we're the best one, then it <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, yours is great. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> well I was in the group with the, the very practical situation and what was interesting to me is the dance that took place between all those three things in our conversation I mean we, we just kind of flowed from one to the other and then back to the other and then of course we saw how they all necessarily had to work together uh, but we did come up with some perhaps practical solution on how to deal with it that embodied all three elements.
1: Great. Yeah, we don't have much time. Some other time. Maybe at lunch you'll tell your lunch partners. <laughs> It'll be good to know. So, any, any other thoughts about this, this, this topic, this conversation? Restraint? Samadhi, good qualities, developing them, wisdom. I would just say that oh, they told me. I just got so much more
3: out of it, doing this in groups and discussing, than I would have just being taught and thinking about it on my own. Like, yes, like like tenfold.
1: More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Who needs these these teachers <laughs> <laughs> to lecture to, le- to lecture her? Well, no, no, I know, no, I, I, no! I, exactly. That's why I, I think. Only
2: have my <laughs> perception, and then when I hear everybody,
1: it's else. really that's why we like. I like doing this so much. I think it's it is a tremendous l- l- more learning, and to hear yourself speak and know what you're saying, and and kind of and to find out what you think and what you believe, and to hear what other people, and I think that it goes much deeper in than just hearing a talk. Great, thank you.
5: Well, I'm not necessarily speaking for the restraint group, but I think that more than the other two concepts, restraint has a um, uh, more than one meaning. It has a lot of connotations. Some of them are negative, yeah. some of them are positive. And the other two um, concepts, oh. in my mind, seem to be uh, much more positive.
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. The, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is well, uh, restraint, then, is less likely to be Pollyannish, you know, because if it's, all, if it's only focused on what's good, I've known people who focus too much on that, and they kind of floated a little bit on a, in an unrealistic, idealistic world, so restraint kind of makes me, helps make it all more real, that's why it's the most important one. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another word that, uh, f- uh, instead of restraint, that says the same thing but has more positive connotations? Willpower. Willpower. No. no. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Re- choice. Huh? Choice. 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 To, refrain. Mm-hmm. to refrain rather than restraint. Oh, to refrain isn't
2: that is the power that you have oh sorry yes to refrain
1: and in a, in, a, in a song what's the refrain
2: it's the repeat
1: yeah.
2: it's practice
1: yeah that's yeah. <laughs> great the pause that refreshes the pause that refreshes Uh-huh. Or impulse, impulse control. Impulse control. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that has more clearly, I think, a more, more positive feeling because it seems obvious you should be, able to, should be able to control your impulses.
5: Non-reactivity. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Okay, yes.
0: I just have a question. I think of virtues as not being entirely in the restraint category.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit hard the cho- choice of the words because if virtue are the good qualities we have inside that belongs more to the second group, but we say virtue for the first one with uh, because, 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 <laughs> more what it is. So, um, great. So thank you so much. So um, we'll continue after lunch. And as uh, so we take an hour for lunch. We'll start again here at 1.15. A couple of few things to say. One is homework during lunchtime. So if you don't have to do this, but you might want to, if you want to think about this a little bit, if you go for a walk or maybe at lunch conversation. Um, so you've had this wonderful conversation about training, training in ethics, training in virtue training. And... Um, what form of thinking, what point of view, what kind of philosophy of life would undermine the conversations that you had what 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 point of view would undermine the value you received from the conversation you had like like if someone, you know, you know, an example would be someone had a philosophy of life that says, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what happens to other people. All that matters is whether I'm happy. And so that, that point of view would just kind of negate the value of, you know, it, it, they would find no value in the conversation that you just had because I think most of you had the conversation probably in the context of not causing harm to others. Right? So there's a number of philosophies or views of life or kind of ways, approaches to how people live that would undermine the value of ethics, under, under, undervalue the, uh, the undermine the value of of training to become more ethical, and, uh, under, under undermine the uh, a life that's dedicated towards not harming. Um, so, so what, what are some of the views that would undermine all that? So anyway, you don't have to do that if it's, you know kind of a bummer to eat to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> So um, so we'll, we'll uh, take an hour for lunch, start again at 1.15. Uh, people who have been here before know how to set up tables and chairs and sit in the, either outer hall. But the weather, like today, you're welcome to take the folding tables and chairs out to the parking lot outside, maybe in the shade there, if you want to be outdoors. Just uh, They all have to be brought back in by 1.15. And, um, so great, thank you. Now, if you don't have a lunch and need to go someplace nearby, you can ask me or Don. We'll tell you where to go close by.